Hey everyone, this is Rudy Fernandez from Creative Outhouse. This mini episode will launch our healthcare series. And we all know that the COVID crisis has been devastating to providers. We're going to talk about that in these episodes. But the crisis has also accelerated some much needed change. We're going to talk about that too. Most importantly, I'm going to talk about where marketing for providers has been and where it needs to go. Most providers have marketing departments full of expert strategists and brilliant communicators. But for too long, they've been treated like order takers. Well, marketing folks, this is your time to shine and show what you can do because we're entering a new era in healthcare communication and the providers who are going to succeed moving forward will be the ones who embrace the new world in which marketing plays a vital role. It's time for marketing departments to demonstrate what they can do. And what that is, in many instances, is just as important as what the medical folks do. Yep, I said that. Welcome to Marketing Upheaval. You're listening to Marketing Upheaval from Creative Outhouse. Before I begin, here's a quick plug. Now, if you love healthcare and healthcare marketing like we do, check out some previous healthcare episodes, like our conversation about public health marketing with Jana Thomas, or our talk about the consumerization of healthcare with Miranda Medar, and two great episodes on the role of providers in communities with the CMO of Bon Secours Mercy Health, Sandra Mackey. You can find those at creativeouthouse.com slash podcast. So let's get started. Now, I've been involved in healthcare marketing for all of my career. And it's by far the most fascinating of all categories. I love it. No industry goes through more changes, touches more lives, or has that crazy mix of science and emotion, the two things you need for great creative, than healthcare. Well, upheaval has been the norm in healthcare for the last several years. I would say it was in crisis before this crisis. And frankly, providers were resistant to change. And then COVID hit. And the healthcare industry found itself in uncharted waters, in a fog with sea monsters everywhere and a hole in the boat. Yeah, I think I've taken that metaphor a little too far. Anyway, providers are struggling with how to get their procedures going and trying to figure out how they will proceed operationally. A lot of them think this is not the time to be marketing, but I'd like to challenge that notion. In fact, I think this is exactly the time. First, Let's talk about what's going on. So what's going on in healthcare? Well, let's see. Businesses got hit with the equivalent of a nuclear bomb. And now as we start to crawl out of the rubble, we still don't know what's changed, how we should behave, will we be hit again? And the industry at the epicenter of all of this is healthcare. Ironically, Healthcare messaging has been all the rage. Think about it. Every company, every product and service has had to infuse a public health message into their marketing. Most so far, I don't think, have done a very good job of it. We discussed that in the episode on public health. So for healthcare marketers, let's look at the good news. This crisis has forced the industry and our society to rethink what a healthcare system ought to be. It accelerated our exploration into technologies like email exchanges, chat, telemedicine, and home testing. Providers are now communicating more with their peers in different locations about best practices. This crisis forced providers to find new ways to improve the patient experience, and I think that process will continue to evolve and grow. That's good news. 
But, you know, as we all know, there's been some not so good news. Think about it. At a time when we need our healthcare facilities the most, they've been forced to lay people off. It's estimated that about 80% of all medical procedures were stopped during the shutdown. If you've ever been to a hospital and looked around, it's easy to see that it's a pretty expensive endeavor to run. Now imagine you lose 80% of your revenue. The American Hospital Association reports that hospitals are bleeding more than $50 billion per month. That's a problem. So with those kinds of losses, of course, they've had layoffs and furloughs. Needless to say, marketing budgets have been cut. So what happens now? Does all that pent-up demand suddenly bring in those delayed procedures? Or does uh, high unemployment mean that fewer people are insured and can't afford them? Will people be hesitant to go to providers for fear of the coronavirus? The answer to all three is yes and sort of. How does it all shake out? Well, we're getting mixed signals from the people we talk to. But one thing is certain. Regardless of what happens in the short term, healthcare has changed and healthcare marketing needs to evolve into something new. Look, let's be honest. Providers don't often let marketing departments take the lead. They're viewed mostly as the people who push out the standard messages, which I'll trash later. Well, providers, it's time to remove the shackles from your marketing teams, because I believe we've reached a point where hospitals and other providers have no choice but to see marketing for what it is. It's more than just a way to tell patients about your hospital or your services. It is in and of itself a service that can improve patients' health. Let's talk about hospital marketing for just a moment. Before the pandemic, hospital and provider advertising sucked. Uh, Sorry about that. That's probably too abrupt. I just jumped right into that. (laughs) Seriously, let me back up. Do, Do the music thing again. Okay, how about this? Before the pandemic, the way providers viewed marketing was limited. And it created less than imaginative messaging. That's better, right? Well, let's look at the cause. The fee-for-service model is the core of the healthcare industry and its problem, both before and after the COVID crisis. Its biggest flaw is that it's transactional. So pretty much the only way a provider gets paid is if you get sick and see her or him. That system is why hospitals have to play this Jekyll and Hyde character that cares about you one moment, then hands you over to collection people the next. The system is also why During the crisis, providers are bleeding money because there have been no services, so no fees. And all this leads to bad advertising and bad marketing. Here's what I mean. Let's focus on hospitals since they're the biggest marketers in terms of providers. But I'm also talking about the freestanding service providers in large practices. Because of the business model, hospital marketing has become pigeonholed into two types of messaging. The first is, we're the best. And the second is, we really care. We're the best is the standard chest-beating stuff you see. We're ranked number one in blobbity bloops. The classics show lots of people in lab coats looking determined. Show off some cool technology, maybe. A lab coat guy pointing at something on a screen. You know, you've seen it. If you're in healthcare marketing, perhaps you've done it. The reason for this is fee-for-service. They want you in the door. It's all about them. That's it. It's not any warmer than a car commercial sporting a J.D. Power trophy. The other direction is, we care. Cue emotional music. 
a provider holding someone's hand or helping a patient while wearing a sweet smile, throwing testimonials of people telling their stories about how the hospital saved their lives. These are very sweet, and they're also Marketing 101-type simulated third-party endorsements. I mean, come on. Are there any providers who don't have a successful case study? Oh, I hope not. Because of the business model, the goal has been to get you in when you're sick and get you out. Sorry to sound cold, but it's how the business model is set up. What happened with the COVID crisis? Well, providers show that they're so much more than the corner surgery store. They demonstrated that they are the centers for community health and well-being, not a place for healthcare transactions, but a place that exists to keep us safe and healthy. Not money-grubbing golf-playing docs, but people who risk their lives to save ours. To give you an idea of how the narrative has shifted, and I mentioned this in an earlier episode, before the crisis, if you began a Google search with the phrase, doctors are, you would get auto-fill-ins like overpaid, overrated, quacks. Now, you type doctors are, and you get words like heroes and superheroes. Our view of what providers are has shifted, and the best thing they can do is to keep it going. Keep that image of the people and the place you rely on for health, not that place you go to when you're sick and you're going to have to pay a lot of money to. I'm not saying that providers will stop having a fee-for-service model, but this alternative way of perceiving a provider could be the key to how providers communicate with their patients and their communities. So how do you take this improved image and take it further? Well, now is the time for providers to reach out to their local communities, not just to tell them about services, but to help ease their fears. Right now, people are worried because they get mixed messages about COVID. Well, who else should take the lead in helping a local community feel more at ease and guide the conversation about health in their communities? Providers have an opportunity to guide us about caring for yourself, about protecting yourself and others, easing the stress about going out and having a procedure performed. They should be talking to us about telemedicine, when it works and when it doesn't, and about so many things that we all desperately need and want to know. And these needs go beyond the COVID messaging. Imagine if people turned to hospitals for health care and not just sick care. Imagine if you could subscribe to a provider to monitor your health data via wearables, give you direction on home testing kits, hook you up with ways to help you quit smoking or lose weight. With every new health fear comes a new opportunity to engage and inform and ease concerns. That's a relationship rather than a transaction. Your marketing then becomes about people and their daily lives and not just about them when they're sick. It would lead to some ongoing and pretty cool marketing and communications. An engagement that's about an individual and about living a better life. A relationship based on earned trust and not chest beating or testimonials from people you've never met. And people want this. Take this for example. Wearables and mobile devices to monitor health are growing more than 122% per year. And year after year, when people are asked with whom they would share health information on their wearables, 90% of the respondents say they're healthcare providers. People are ready. We just need providers to be as well. And here's the best thing about this type of relationship. When people do need those procedures, who do you think they're going to trust to guide them? The providers who've been with them the whole time. I know I'm ready to create those integrated campaigns 
because it will lead to creative that is genuine and truly connects. I also know that marketing can improve a patient's health. As you probably know, we're moving more towards a value-based care model. That is, uh, provider compensation will depend on whether a patient's health improves. Well, what's one of the biggest problems physicians face? Patient adherence. As someone who's been involved with hugely successful public health behavior change campaigns, I can tell you there are ways to get people to take on new behaviors, even difficult ones, that will improve their health. There are messaging and strategies and tactics that we know work that providers are not using. Right now, the method is to just tell patients what they need to do and assume they will do it. We all know that's not going to happen. My good friend is an endocrinologist, and he tells his patients with diabetes that unless they change their behavior, that is, monitor their blood sugar, take their insulin, uh, change their diet, and lose weight, they'll become blind, lose their limbs, become impotent, and die painfully. And believe it or not, that's not enough to get many of his patients to change their behavior. Why? Because information is not motivation. Otherwise, Well, we'd all be in shape. No one would smoke and I would obey the speed limit. It takes a marketing expert who understands the deeper motivations, who can create the messaging and pieces of communication that will motivate people to change their behavior and improve their lives. We've done it for the CDC for some really tough behaviors, so I know it can be done. I'm ready to see marketing departments within provider organizations take on a bigger role and not just improve patient volume, but patient health and well-being as well. If you are too, reach out to us. Let's talk. Well, that's it for this episode. Our next episode is with Katherine Smith from MedShape to talk about elective and orthopedic procedures, an area that took a big hit these last few months. So don't miss that. Our show is produced by the great Susan Cooper. And I want to thank Jess Silverman and Kelly Frazier Johnson, who are a huge help in creating this episode. That's it for this episode of Marketing Upheaval. And remember, if the current state of marketing has you confused, don't worry, it'll all change. See ya.